Hi friends, welcome to Walk It Out. Now, in just a minute, I'm going to be sharing an interview with one of my favorite people on the earth, um, Robin Jones Gunn, and you're going to hear our story of how God just brought us together, brought our hearts together, connected us in amazing ways, and I'm just going to love um, having you just take a glimpse into our friendship that's really just really transformed my life over the years, and that is not um, being over dramatic or anything. I just love this woman, but before that, can you believe that it is May? Um, I'm already like thinking that I need to start preparing for Christmas. That might be a little crazy, but we have 23 members of our immediate family talking about my kids and my grandkids, our officially adopted kids, bio kids, and unofficial ones. We have a big family. I need to start shopping around, looking for items, tucking them away. The funny thing is, though, when I tuck items away and then don't find them until later, um, like, but you know, we have birthdays throughout the year too, so I can pull those out. But I love May for a few reasons. Right now, my daughter and granddaughter are visiting from the Czech Republic. So I'm loving spending these warm days out, going on walks and enjoying my baby granddaughter. But for me, May is also special because um, my first trip to Europe was in May. I remember going around Europe and in Austria and seeing the maypoles and the decorations. And um, that's just so special to me. But also that's where I heard about the liberation of Mauthausen and Goosen concentration camps, which became my first novel, From Dust and Ashes. So on May 5th, my, um, 23 men didn't even know the concentration camp was there. They ended up coming upon it, and the Germans surrendered. They opened the gates and freed tens of thousands of prisoners. These 23 men and I was able to meet and talk to 10 of them, and then the first person into the camp who was caring for the prisoners is a Nazi officer's wife. And she hadn't liked what had happened. She'd lived outside the gates. And this is all true. True story here. Her husband had fled. He was an officer. He had fled to escape the Nazis. And she ended up going in. And as soon as the gates were open, she was carrying for the prisoners. And that became my first novel from Dust and Ashes. So May has a lot of meaning to me. Just that first trip to Europe, that first novel, and then meeting those guys. And it all centered around the liberation, which is on May 5th. And then May 8th, of course, 1945, was the end of World War II in Europe. Um, so that's kind of my geeky side. Often I talk about just my nonfiction and parenting books and um, just that part of my life. But I do have that really geeky side who just loves World War II and digging into history. And the amazing thing is when I first started writing, I had no idea that that was in me. In fact, I didn't want to write World War II because I thought for sure or any history because I thought it would be too difficult. But I just love that God brought that out and he brought people on this journey with me who would help me and guide me and encourage me. And that's why I'm excited to introduce today's guest. So let me introduce you to Robin. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. 
Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, I am so excited on my podcast today to have one of my sweet, dear friends, and we've been friends for a long time. We could talk for hours and share lots of stories of God's goodness in our lives, but I would say definitely on my writing path, Robin Jones-Gunn has been one of the gifts that God has given to me. So I am so excited to have her. So Robin, welcome to Walk It Out. I am equally excited to be here. And I would just love, and I know most people would probably know who you are, but I would just love for maybe someone who doesn't, just for you to share a little bit about yourself and your writing. Well, I started a long time ago, 30 years ago, and I was writing books for children and articles and some devotions. And my husband was a youth pastor. So I had this defining moment when everything changed. That was when we were on a camping trip. We were with a bunch of teenagers and all these girls were hiding out in their tents reading books. They'd gotten the books from the library and they had a stack of 30 books. And I crawled in the tent and said, let me see what you're reading. And after I had read three or so of their books, I just, my heart was aching. And I said, Mm. I don't want you to read these books. They're, they're, you're 13 years old and the material in the content is so evocative in these romance novels. It's just, does your mother know this is what you're (laughs) reading? And the girls said, well, we just like to read. We got them at the library and, you know, we go every week. So if you don't want us reading these books, then why don't you write something for us? And I just could never imagine writing an entire book. (laughs) I've now written a hundred, but at the time (laughs) it was overwhelming. And those girls challenged me and said, well, how about if we help you? How hard could that be? I took the challenge. It was very hard, but we worked together for two years. Every week I would read to them what I had written and they'd tell me what to change. I sent it off to publishers, had 10 rejections, but that first Christy Miller book for teens was picked up and published. And the response was so strong that the publisher asked for a second and a third and a fourth. And suddenly I had an entire Christy Miller series that led to the Sierra Jensen series for teens. And then that grew into the Glenbrook series. And then I went on to write nonfiction books and some other Christmas novellas and the Sister Chick series for women in midlife, which was a really fun travel series to write. And then I came back full circle and started writing about these characters in the Christy Miller series now that they are in their married years and their baby years. So it's... um, that's a little bit about yeah. this whole journey. The, the fun thing is that the Christmas novellas have been made into three Hallmark Christmas movies that did very well. The Father Christmas, uh, Finding Father Christmas, Engaging Father Christmas, and Marrying Father Christmas. So I'm really, really hoping there'll be more adventures in getting some of the books into production. I love that so much. And it's just, I love how 
you know, it's just that first step of faith, just seeing those teen girls and seeing their needs is what God used to open up just so many doors. And I remember um, watching, I think it was the first Father Christmas movie with my grandma in her bedroom. And we were looking for you because I know you and Janet were able to be, and just squealing and just both grandma and I were so excited to see you in there. And I think I tried to take a screenshot with my phone as the movie's playing, you know, but it's just like, I mean, and I know when I first met you, you had I know, I think you were working on Sierra Jensen, I think, when I first met you. Wow. Um, but just seeing how many books God has done, but it came down to that first first step of faith. And I would just love just to talk a little bit about the faith journey of being a writer. Mm. And so many times we, it's not like you had this idea like, oh, I'm going to get my write books and have them get into, made into movies. But how has those small steps of faith really guided you on this journey? Which one do you want to talk about first? Because there's so many. <laughs> you could start because I know you have such wonderful stories of just what God has done. Well, the movies are really interesting. So I'll start there. I had written the book because an editor asked if I ever had considered writing a Christmas novella. And this was probably 15 years ago. Uh, t- yeah, 15 years ago. And I actually had some ideas. But I went to my agent, Janet, and said, I have some ideas, and here's this editor that I ran into at a conference. And so she said, what's your idea? I told her, and she goes, I like that. Why don't you put it together a summary, and I'll send it to him. And suddenly we had a contract, and it just was this open space in my schedule. And I wrote from my heart this little finding father Christmas about a woman who's on the hunt to find her birth father. The book took surprisingly, I think that was the shortest amount of time it took me to write a book, but then there's always the rewrites and Mm -hmm. it was a short Christmas novella, but I thought that was it there. That was fun. Hmm. And (laughs) (laughs) then Janet came back and said, uh, they'd like to, have a sequel, which I wrote and rewrote and tried to get just right. It was a lot of work. And then nothing, nothing happened. The books didn't really sell. They didn't want a third book. It was just there. I just, that's the the walking it out, right? That's the Mm -hmm, step of faith mm -hmm. like that. I'm not really sure what that was, but I did the hard work. And then as a result of a phone call that came into the agency asking about Christmas stories for potential Hallmark movies. Janet sent some novellas and, and mine was one of them. And that was the one that these independent producers picked up and wanted. So it's, it's all behind the scenes, isn't it? It's Mm -hmm. like, we can't control that. You just show up and do your part, do the work, be faithful. And, and God puts all these other pieces in, motion. So from the time that Janet got the call until when the first movie started into production was a good five years, might've even been more. And I'd, I'd given up hope, but Mm -hmm. I was at a women's Bible study, a group of women from my church. And we were in this study group. uh, The, the, the theme was believing God and my prayer partner in the group asked what to pray about. And I said, I don't know why I keep thinking maybe this book will be made into a movie, but 
could we pray about that? Because it's been dead in the water for years and years. And we started praying. And then everyone else in the group was, oh, let's pray for that. That was a group coming together, praying for this, for that God would open the doors because there's such a behind the scenes and spiritual battle we don't even know about. And it it was just a really kind of cohesive thing that happened to this group of women. We all really were asking each other, how are you praying? How's it going? Um, I, I just bring that up because it's so important on our journeys that we have others that are coming alongside and praying with us and really caring about the things that, that God's doing in our lives. And then I was speaking at Mount Hermon. I love this part because it's just, it's so God. I was at Mount Hermon as keynote speaker. First night I finished, I sat down and my friend Bill Myers was going to close us in prayer. And I said, okay, Bill, go ahead and um, just, you got, come on up here and, and close off whatever it is that, that God's leading you to, to say to our the group here at Mount Hermon. Well, I'm sitting in the front row and Bill said, okay, I want everyone to just ask the Lord what it is that he wants you to ask of him. And I didn't ask anything. I didn't pray. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> God, you've already done so much. Yeah, exactly. And then I felt this wrestling in my spirit, like, really, you're not going to ask me anything. And I said, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Yes, what do you want me to ask you? And there was just like this roar through my spirit. The Lord was saying, I want you to ask me for more. And I looked around to see if anybody else had heard it. <laughs> and I went back to my room and Janet was my, my roommate that year. And I asked her, uh, if she'd heard anything or, you know, what was it like when she prayed? And I definitely was the only one that heard that. So Janet and I are talking about what's next, what projects, what should I be working on? And I told her, I really felt like God wants me to ask for more. She said, more what? I said, I, I don't know, but maybe, <laughs> maybe it's, it's the movies. Let's pray about the movies. And so we did. And three days later, we received a phone call that, Hallmark had given a green light to the first Father Christmas movie. We really felt like this was an act of trusting God and just asking him. And it made me realize how much of my life I feel like I'm good. I've, you've been so good to me, God. I wouldn't dare to impose upon you. But he invites us to just ask of him. It doesn't mean he's going to give it, but it, it's his choice, but that we're his children and we love him and we come to him and father, may I have this father? Would you do this? Father, could this happen? And that act of faith is what just drew me so close to the Lord so that when everything went into production, and Janet and I were able to be on set. There was just such a sense that God was with us. It was very much Emmanuel. He is right here. And I just love that. It's like he has this desire for you. I mean, you know, you know, he had this good plan for you, but he wanted you to ask him. He wanted you to seek him in that. 
And then, you know, it's even as you're on the set that you're, you're getting to fully see that it's not just about this book. It's not just about the story, but he was working, you know, even with the actors and on the set and the second movie and the third movie. It's like, yeah. he's like, I do have so much for you, but I want you to ask. And I want to, and it reminds me of, you know, we just had Christmas and, you know, when we know what the things we want to give our kids, you'll be stopping in the store like, oh, wow, these are really cool. <laughs> or, you know, just kind of like, wouldn't this be cool? Or wanting them to desire these things because you know you have good gifts for them and so yeah yeah that's a good way of saying it and that sense that it started with me even asking what do you want me to ask you for mm-hmm. and then having that clear sense that I, I just wasn't my faith was small like just ask me for more go ahead come on come on and I told Bill Myers later what my little experience was and bill said oh you know that's the holy spirit then because the holy spirit is like tigger he's going come on come on come on there's more (laughs) there's more there's more god has done everything he just wants us to go on this adventure with him and uh, bill said so many times we're like eeyore and we just say well thanks for bothering to notice me and <laughs> forget <laughs> about me i don't want to be a problem but if we just enter our walk of faith with that sense that that the spirit of god is alive in us and we're seeking him and he's communicating to us it's <laughs> it's just a whole different way of living not yeah, the that, Eeyore. <laughs> right. And I love looking back sometimes. And I always say this when I talk to people, like some things we think the thing that's going to be the big thing isn't the big thing. Like you yes. talked about those books, those little novellas that you wrote and you're like, okay, well, they didn't even sell that well. And oh, well, I don't even know what that was about. <laughs> but then God's like, okay, I needed you to be faithful in that. I needed you to be faithful and give yourself to those books, even though they're very different than a lot of the other stuff that you've written. Oh, yeah. Yeah, step of faith and just see what he's going to do with it. But I have to tell you, I I, I kind of underplayed it. But when I wrote the second book and I had to do the rewrites, it was painful because the uh, editor came back not once, not twice, but three times. I had to write the entire book four times. I mean, major changes. And it broke my spirit. I was so humbled out. Like, I really don't know what I'm doing. And someone finally figured that out. This is terrible. Mm. (laughs) But that in the step of obedience to just do the hard work and keep writing. And it was because the editor at the publishing house said, there's not enough romance. And I said, well, there wasn't a romance at all in the first book. I know that's why the second one needs to have the romance. Can you just really add that element? And I, we finally got to where it, it was there and it worked, but it took four re, humongous rewrites. But here's the thing. When Hallmark looked at the first book, they came back to Janet and said, there's not a romance. We need a romance. And Janet said, oh, well, I sent you the second book. Read the second book. That's where the romance is. And they could put the two together for the mm. script. And had I just given up, Trisha, if I had just said, this is too hard, this is embarrassing. I, I've written dozens and dozens of books. Who are, Who's this editor to tell me that I don't know how to write romance? <laughs> you know, anything that would be really stubborn or prideful or well, like, trying to make it easy on myself. I would have missed this huge blessing because I would have said, 
I'm not going to do the work. I'm not going to rewrite it. I'm not going to humble myself under the direction of a professional editor. And by instead doing the hard work, God brought it all together in an unexpected way. And I think we met up sometime. I don't know if it was at a, um, a conference or the book show, ICRS or something. It was when you were doing the rewrites. And I remember, you know, I talking to you and you were discouraged from this time. It's like, I could have written two other books and I'm still rewriting. You remember that. Yeah, it, I remember that. It was painful and it was for my good. Mm-hmm. And that's how gentle the Lord is with us. The, those painful experiences are for our good. It comes through his hand. So receive it as a gift from him. Okay, friends, we're taking a short break because there's someone that I want to introduce to you. I love sharing my friends. And today I want to share my friends in the form of sharing one of my favorite podcasts. So do you have sometimes feel like no one is praying for you? Do you struggle to realize that God hears your prayers and wants to intercede on your behalf? Do you love the Bible? I know, friends, I love the Bible. Then consider listening to my friend Mary DeMoose podcast. It's called Pray Every Day. You can download Pray Every Day app on the iTunes Store or Google Play, which is just amazing. She has her own app for that. You can listen on an Alexa device. And if I'm in the kitchen, I'll say, Alexa, play Pray Every Day with Mary DeMuth. And then I see my friends, hear my friend's sweet voice coming through. Or you can go to prayeveryday.show for daily encouragement. Mary reads the scripture, then prays for you according to that scripture. And these are not fluffy prayers, friends. These are heartfelt prayers. I've been listening for a year now, and I can tell you, it's deeply influenced my joy and helped me to know that God is always with me. So be sure you check out Pray Every Day by my friend Mary. I'm going to talk about something else too. And I think it, I'll call it the rebirth of Todd and Christy <laughs> because, yes. you know, we, you had these, I mean, I remember reading the Christy Miller series and I, I think maybe you were writing some of the last ones. And I remember just like having to be patient and wait. And I remember talking to our friend, Wendy Lee, mm-hmm. and she's like, I've had to wait from book one. <laughs> you know? so, so don't complain about having to wait six months. We've had to wait. So, you know, I mean, but it's there, there are books that are just so easy to fall in love with. And you had readers that kept coming back. What happened to them? What happened to them? But I also know that, you know, you got some rejection and, and had to kind of go off on your own. Do you want to share a little bit about those steps? Yeah. That because my agent could not get a publisher interested in Christy and Todd, the married years, mm-hmm. I my husband encouraged me and I chose to self-publish. And of course the publishers are saying there's no romance. <laughs> they're, they're married, you know, but I just knew that there was a need for books that showed what married life was like for a young couple to delve into some of the issues that these characters were dealing with loss of a job. Why can't we get pregnant? How are we going to work out the conflict with extended family? Why don't we ever have any money? (laughs) You know, these just pretty universal issues for young married. And when I had the freedom then to self-publish, which wouldn't have been the case a couple decades ago, Mm -hmm. but to be able to take that step and it was 
like the beginning, it was a rebirth because I had to get that feedback like I did from the teenage girls. I had to learn everything all over again about how to find uh, an editor and to get the books put in the right format. And, and so I became a publisher as well mm-hmm. as a writer. And I'm so glad I did. That was that was my husband's nudging, just as his nudging in the very beginning that I should go to the first writer's conference I ever went to. And I, I don't know why I'm still so stubborn. I just kind of like fold my arms and go, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and, and then it's always it's so good because of what comes out of that. So that's what happened with Christy and Todd, the married years. There are three books. And then I went on and wrote the baby years, three books. And I could write them just in a stream so that the the characters felt really consistent. And now I've written Becoming Us, which is the first book in the Haven Maker series. And it's about Christy in married life with little kids and what it's like to connect with other women in that same season of life. So Becoming Us is really a book about friendship, Mm. but it's all part of the Christy and Todd (laughs) franchise, I guess you could say. And that book now, Becoming Us, is being published by Multnomah, the publisher I've worked with for decades, because then I was able to bring this character to a place where the topic was in sync with the kind of books they were looking for, friendships of women and that kind of growing close in a community. So it's really full circle. Had I not done that bridge of the self-publishing, I wouldn't be where I am now. So I guess that's where I want to say that anyone listening who's feeling like I'm just so discouraged, well, you know what? Get, I, I get that. But you, you have to take that next step of faith and mm-hmm. ask God what he wants you to do. And then trust him like you've never trusted before and do the hard work and you will be amazed at what he will do. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think we see, try to figure out the whole thing. Like you're trying to figure out, you know, I don't know with self-publishing, it's like, there's all these things you have to learn, but it really is like, okay, I need to figure out the first thing. Like, let me figure out the first thing. And then we need to figure out the second thing. And then as you're going along, you kind of build momentum and, you know, you you see that, okay, I'm learning something new, but, you know, God is there and guiding us and he's with us too. And I think so many times we just stop because there's too much we have to think about instead of just taking that first step. That's so true. That's so true. And if, even if you don't have a real passion or enthusiasm for it, if you can discipline yourself to take the necessary steps, it's so interesting how the passion grows. And the the delight comes. It's sort of like the blessing follows the obedience. You have to <laughs> you have to step into the project first and be willing, and and then there's this delight and um, expansion of your life that comes as a result of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to bring around to one more thing. I know that, you know, as you started writing and you were, you know, juggling book contracts, you also had kids at home um, and both of them are now grown and now they're in the married years and the kids years. And it's just so, I mean, I was able to see your son, Roth, 
recently, which was just so fun to see like this grown up man. And I remember when he was like 13 last time I saw him or something. But so let's talk about that because I know a lot of my listeners are like, they feel like God has so much for them, but they also have kids and it is a challenge. So can you just share just a little bit about just being faithful and how your faithfulness has benefited your kids? I knew when I started writing, seriously writing, um, that I wanted the sacrifice to be mine and not my family's. That was something that came up when I was having my quiet time and reading scripture and journaling. And there was no reason for me to suddenly think I'm going to have a career and everybody has to help me. That was more of a, how can this be a blessing, a benefit to our entire family? And you've talked about that a lot, Tricia. Yeah. (laughs) Even the recent trip that you got to take as a result of, because your career has allowed all these bonuses you never would have expected. So. The only way I could figure out how to make the sacrifice mine initially was to get up early in the morning to write because I knew I'm an early bird. I knew I could pop up, but I knew it would be quiet in the house and nobody would be calling me or (laughs) no one wants breakfast. So I set my alarm and started getting up three days a week at three in the morning and making a proper pot of tea and sitting down and writing for four hours because no one else woke up till about seven. And that's how I was able to get the majority of the writing done when the kids were napping during the day or they were at friend's house or school or, you know, I could do a lot of the other rewriting and that, but just the the best Mm. off the top creative ideas came those three mornings a week at, at three o'clock. And I still get up early in the morning and write. It's just my creative time. So when I was able to carve that out and that that was my writing time so that the times when I had to ask my friends to watch the kids for an afternoon because I really had to finish a deadline or something. It was just a, a one occasional time that I was asking others to enter in and help me. And of course they did. I think I had such support. So when you're in that situation of life with the, the career opportunities are coming or the dreams are really at the forefront and you know, you should do something about it. Start with that premise of what can I do that won't take away from my family it might be that you write late at night. I know Jerry Jenkins always waited till the kids went to bed and then he wrote for four hours. He's just more of a night owl than, a, you know, we compared. Like he's written, what, 180 books or something? <laughs> and it's finding what your rhythm is when you're most creative and then just being free in your spirit to just enter into it with abandon and delight makes such a difference when your heart is just all in. Yeah, I love that. And I'm a, I'm a morning writer too. I have my quiet time with my Bible and then usually I get like an hour in the morning. And a lot of my books, you know, in that hour, sometimes I get two hours. Sometimes I'm able to do a little bit in the afternoon when they're outside playing. But a lot of my stuff is produced in the, those hours. And I really think 
I don't know when I am fresh, my spirit's fresh because I've just been in God's word and prayer. Yes. It's like the words come better and faster. And It's so true. But Trish, I have seen you. You can write anywhere. I have seen you in yeah. a room full of people <laughs> with your laptop open and you're like, oh, I'm on chapter seven. I, I just had an idea. I didn't want to lose it. And you're just typing away. It's true. Amazing. It's true. <laughs> now, I want to talk about too. So we talked about a little bit about, I mean, and I, I totally agree. You know, I mean, I try to have dinner with my family every night and I'm cooking and, you know, it's like they still have mom, <laughs> you know, I'm homeschooling. So they still have mom during those times. But also um, how, what benefits have you seen with your kids now that they're older? Um, just, the benefits of you and your work and your ministry and your heart, um, just of following God? Oh, that's a really good question because I have the advantage of looking back over my shoulder and that's where a lot of listeners with small kids at home, you, you can't see that path before you. But now I look back and I, I know that the benefit has been that I shared with them what I was working on. So they felt like they were part of it. And I listened to their ideas. I'm telling you, my kids gave me some of the best ideas Mm. for my books. And I received from my husband really great advice along the way, as I've said, so that they were as much, they saw the ministry that was there. When I would get letters from readers, I would let them, you know, read them. I didn't like sit down and read. read Yeah, exactly. But but just that whatever was going on as a result of the writing adventure, that it overlapped into our family life. Then when I had events that I could take the kids along, I would take them. One time I I had something in Canada and I took just um, our son. He was probably 16 at the time and he brought his skateboard so at this event there's all these that was at a school and there's all these teens so he's teaching them how to do flips on the kick <laughs> on the <laughs> skateboard and they asked him to come up in front of this whole auditorium and say a few things in the microphone and talk to these these students at this high school in Canada and he he really felt like he was part of it so i think that's as you are moving forward with the small steps. You're sharing that in a way that makes your family feel like you're all in this together. This is, this is, uh, this is what God has done for our whole family. And it's shared. It's not like, this is my career, you know, Mm -hmm. go away and be quiet. Mommy is serving Jesus. (laughs) I never, (laughs) you can't disturb her. She's got a mission from God that she has to accomplish and you're in the way. I mean, I never wanted them to feel that. So I can look over the shoulder now and say, both of our kids are following the Lord with their whole hearts. They married well, they have kids of their own and they've, they've never come back and said, wow, you really cut us out of your life. Or we really felt like we got the, the, you know, short end because of, all you were doing to serve in ministry. It was rather the things that were sweet and fun to them because of, there's a lot of good stuff in a writing Mm -hmm. career. Those things are what they, they hold on to and are even incorporating in their own lives now. Yeah. I love that. And I love, cause you know, three of mine are adults and 
Um, and I love that too. And, you know, Leslie lives in the Czech Republic, but we talk almost every day for like an hour as I'm cooking, we're Skyping and, um, you know, my boys are over all the time playing board games. And it is when you take that time to nurture those relationships, it's wonderful to have, you know, adult kids who you enjoy being with and talk on the phone with and get to share what God's doing in your lives with. And that's it. It's always the relationship. That's how God deals with us. It's a very personal relationship. So the more that we can be involved in building a personal relationship with each of our children and our spouse and extended family, then whatever we're doing and writing or creating, it just becomes part of what we share with them in a, mm. a more personal way. I love that so much. Well, Robin, I just appreciate you being here. And I just love how God has used you and just how he's used you in my life just to encourage me too. So I appreciate that so much. Well, Trisha, you are very special to me. And I don't know if you know how much, but I'm so grateful that we got to write a book together. We met at a writer's conference many years ago. Mm -hmm. And the journey we've been on has been a gift to me in so many ways. So thank you. Yeah, I'm so thankful for you. And for those who want to find out more about you online, um, where can they go to find out more? Go to robingun.com, R-O-B-I-N-G-U-N-N.com. And I'd love for you to follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And also, we have a new christymiller.com website that is just getting developed. So go visit christymiller.com. Oh, I don't think I've seen that yet. I'm so no. excited to go look. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's not completely finished yet. So maybe I shouldn't say that it might get a comeback later <laughs> message. But, <laughs> but because what happened is we were able to put all the Christy Miller books into audio. And so we wanted to have a website where it would really promote the audio books and the print books and the ebooks and give you all the information. So and there's free downloads for the whole list of all the books. Oh, good. I love audio. I'm going to have to go back and listen to them. I've read them, but I need to go back and listen now. Well, thank you, Robin, so much for being here. Thank you. It was a treat. Okay, friends. I just have to say I am so thankful for Robin Gunn. I'm so thankful for God placing her in my life and just putting her on my path that could not only have that friendship, but have that encouragement as I set out to do the things that God had placed on my heart. I love how God works. I love that we're all puzzle pieces and that he fits us together and that he has good things planned for us. Um, today's Walk It Out verse is Revelations 4.11. You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you please. And I just love that. Even now, as we're listening to this podcast, that the angels um, are in the heavens saying, Worthy, worthy, worthy of you, O God. And um, I just thank you that, Lord, right now I'm just going to start praying. (laughs) Lord, I just thank you so much that you have, first of all, that you are worthy. That you are worthy to receive all our glory and honor and praise for all the things that you've done in our lives, whether it's things that we've accomplished, friendships that we've built, um, ministries that we've led, or even those desires. I just thank you for those desires, Lord, that you have placed on our heart, Lord. And I thank you that you created 
as you please or what you please, Lord. And because we are here, that means you are pleased with us. You had a desire to have us, to have a relationship with us. And I pray today that even as you have brought amazing people into our lives and we've built friendships and relationships and community, um, that all of that is there because you willed it and you desired it. And Lord, maybe there's someone out there today really um really struggles with having that community and struggles with um feeling like they don't have a friend and i pray lord that you will bring someone special into their lives that will just be that for that person um that will be that close relationship or even that example maybe it's even someone from afar lord that we can look to and just be an example and i just pray for all of my listeners today all my friends out there today that you will just um, bless them and encouragement with whatever path that they are on today in your name we pray amen well friend i am so thankful that you have tuned in with me as i've just shared my heart shared my friend um i pray that your may will be amazing and that god will birth in you new ideas new friendships um and i thank you so much for tuning in for connecting with me if you enjoyed this podcast um you can leave a review on iTunes, which would be amazing. It helps other people to find this podcast. Also, tell a friend. Just share, like, you know what? You have to listen to this this um, podcast, this encouragement. Um, Trisha's not eloquent, <laughs> but she shares her heart, and she shares amazing friends. So feel free to connect with someone and to just share this podcast today. I thank you so much for just supporting me in this, and may you have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.